Okay, hello and welcome uh, to the Train Athletics Podcast. We are currently on the road up to uh, West Branch, Michigan, to a cottage. Family um, cottage. Family cottage. Right by the lake. Uh, just have some grow time. Uh, don't forget to check out our website, trainathletics.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Uh, first sign-ups get 10% off their first purchase of any of our great apparel. Um, we're going to be talking about nutrition. Food. Intake. Yeah. Especially because we just ate before we got on the road. So. What which, of... which... Let's do, let's do an overview um, first and kind of cover some of the more popular um, ways to look at nutrition and intake. Um, but first, it's probably going to be the most popular. Um, if it fits your macros, um, a lot of people like to use the macros. Um, if you don't know what the macros are, uh, we're looking at protein, fat, and carbohydrates. Those are your macronutrients. Um, Big three. And yes. I feel like as soon as you get used to those, that's all you think of when you look at food. Like you don't it see does. food anymore. You just um, see fat, no, proteins. And a lot of times you do kind of divide that, but then we get to the point where you actually need to be concerned about your micronutrition. But that's further down the road. The first part, obviously, is first part is going to be. You start with a bigger picture, essentially, and especially when it comes to if it fits your macros, you're starting to look bigger picture, and then as you get into other diets, you're looking a little more uh, of a narrow focus. So if it fits your macros, you're looking at essentially your overall caloric intake first. Um, so you're looking at the amount of calories you should take in throughout the day. And that's going to be the biggest key when it comes to nutrition. First off, is going to be making sure that you get sufficient food. Then you get into breaking it down into what percentages and then essentially how many grams per macro that you're supposed to have. Um, so like me, if we look at my macros, mostly most of the time I've been around uh, 205 to 215 for protein because I usually take up to one excuse me, gram per pound of body weight of uh, protein and then I'm looking at usually 100 to 125 grams of fat and then carbs depending on if I'm on a rest day or workout day I float anywhere between 225 to 325, 350 um, if I work out two or three times so that's usually essentially what it looks like when you're looking at um, if it fits your macros the one thing that I tend to be careful with if you're looking at just using your macros is your food. So just because something fits your macros doesn't always mean that you shouldn't have it. Like, yeah, I need to take in some carbs, so cool, I can have some candies. Does it mean I should be relying on those as a carbohydrate source? No. The um, rule of thumb is to stay away from sugar, people. Rule of thumb... So the toughest part, especially when you get into that, is people are like, okay, I have to avoid this. And as basically true as that is, the problem when you get to that is the fact that telling yourself not to have something is always difficult because then what happens? 
crave it, you yes, want it. You start wanting it. So I'm just saying from for just just a side note from like the from like the CrossFit world, especially with like their uh, uh you know, their, we'll their, their, their deal with big soda and all that. It's like it's like sugar is we'll get a no no. We'll get to that in a second. They even say honey's a no no, like a natural sugar. Yes, we will <laughs> we'll cover but that anyways, in a minute. But I do have a question. Okay. Real quick. For those listening who want to kind of roughly determine their macros and work better on their nutrition, when you set up your caloric intake or you set your goal for what you should be aiming for every day, do you set that based upon your current body weight or your goal body weight? Set it on your current intake, your current body weight, so basically where you're at now. but just like your exercise should be, there's this constant reevaluation. So we don't want to obsess over certain numbers like the scale and so forth, but we want to focus on recomposition. But when there's changes occurring that you see, you'll have to kind of reevaluate as you go. So if someone is trying to lose fat and they're trying to kind of lean down, they'll set their macros on that but once I start to get closer to my goal I'll have to look at where I'm at where I'm still trying to go and readjust from there if someone's trying to put mass on they're obviously going to have a huge amount of calories but you also have to look at metrics along the way I've got a buddy of mine that um, I've been conversing with and trying to help along because he's trying to put on some mass Um, he's one of the smaller guys so for the most part he's trying to take in as many calories as he can Obviously, when he gets closer to his goal weight, depending on how quickly he's progressing along, he'll have to change the amount of food that he's intaking because otherwise he'll continue on that path because he's trying to basically overfeed and gain. So at some point, he'd have to reevaluate and look and see, all right, am I at the point that I want to be at? And if so, how do I maintain at that point? goal is no longer to add. So if he's looking to add, then obviously he has to reevaluate along the way. We were talking about, for him, using uh, the scale, and obviously not obsessing over it, but using that as a metric so he can see with his food intake if he's slowly increasing uh, in body weight, because right. that'll tell him if he's being successful at that. Um, the problem is people tend to be obsessive over that, either trying to lose or trying to gain, and no longer is it a metric, it's there's not as much focus on what's really important, which is more so yeah. your body composition as opposed to your body weight. Yes. Because you may be gaining muscle and losing fat, so the scale might either be staying the same or increasing. So you're kind of yes. looking at that. It's just the same thing as looking at the amount in, in your um, head from a kid is like a bad thing. Yeah. The scale's going up, but in a yes. sense, it's actually a really good thing in yes. all reality just because you're gaining yes. what you want to gain. So if I'm lifting more, I will in turn improve my lean mass. So I may weigh more on the scale. Just like it's basically compared comparatively from myself from high school to where I am now, I'm up 40 pounds. Right. But my composition really hasn't changed at all. I've stayed around the same percentage of body fat. I've just increased primarily my lean mass and understanding the difference between your weight, your BMI, and your body composition is what's gonna be important. 
what you have to plan on where you're at and where you want to be. So you plan on where you're at and your goal and you start to follow that and you have to readjust along the way. It's the same thing. Like you can't just plan on, you know, if I was doing lifting, it's just as comparative. Like I have to plan on trying to get to, you know, let's say I want to get to a 400 pound back squat. Well, I'm not going to be at a 400 pound back squat, so I'm not going to plan based on my end goal, essentially on being at that point. I have to plan on getting to that point. Process. Everything's you're a process, so you have, to, to the bar you have to reevaluate it as you go. Put four pounds on it, and then just try it once every day, mail it, and then eventually get it. It's just not the man. But anyway, some people might say that it'll work, but we won't talk about that. So, fit your macros is basically, I can take in anything that fits my macros, as the name suggests, but the problem with that is foods. Just because it fits your macros doesn't mean it should. So, right. I want to avoid processed foods as much as possible. Sometimes it's nice to be able to utilize those because they are very caloric and dense. And well, maybe, especially when, when you're, you're masking. I mean, if you need them just for like an extra calorie boost. Yeah, sometimes it's nice to... Yeah, if you need it. Yeah. But we don't want to rely on things like that. That's the problem is people are like, well, it fits so I can have them. You also have to think about the quality. And when we talk about avoiding we don't want to use that as a mindset. That's tough. So instead, think about trying to add things first. Don't concern yourself with trying to completely cut out certain things. If you focus on trying to add more fruits and vegetables, some more you know nutritious foods that'll actually help your micronutrition. Um, leafy greens. Leafy greens are great for iron. But what ends up happening is by trying to add more of those, you're eating more of something else and you end up kind of forgetting that you have that stuff because you're focused on adding more which is easier to do and less of a negative consequence to it right makes sense makes sense okay the next one that I've been kind of part of and I've looked at and I'm an experiment I think Josh and I are both going to experiment we've got coming up like what I've been doing one that's called Eat to Perform. The concept behind that, which the names usually tell you pretty blatantly what you're looking to do, and it's basically to fuel yourself for whatever it is you want to do. So, yeah. so I'm looking at fueling myself to actually become more capable, and by that I will improve my body composition. So being stronger and need to actually fuel my workouts and that's the main focus so you start to get into timing your food before and after um, they're not afraid of carbohydrates at all um, which is great I mean I've had some success on it and it, it works well for some people um, we're going to experiment with something else because the fact that we just want to experiment with things everyone's a little bit different so people respond to things a little bit differently the ketogenic will kind of cover real quick um, that you know, talk a little bit more on that, that it has health benefits for some people um, certain populations right with these before basically you're feeling yourself to become more capable by becoming more capable you will improve your body composition um, the focus is on primarily your uh, your macros and then starting to time your food or so around um, your workouts and then also a little bit before bed 
is that you do need to fuel yourself before bed. Obviously, I don't want to have a bunch of junk food before bed, but I do need some fuel for my body to repair itself, and my body repairs itself when I'm sleeping. You don't do it when you're awake. That's why sleep deprivation is so dangerous, and that's why you can die from it, is because you need that to repair yourself. Right. And because your body is relying on 
right. expecting to have when you're using those primary sources. Like if you had really had many carbs and then you tried to do, you know, all-out sprints, you'd find yourself pretty soon starting to crash because you don't have that fuel source available. So you wouldn't perform as well because your body's not used to using the gas as a fuel source. Yeah. So, and that's an argument that some people have against it. Especially since we've been going from, uh, you've been 
a higher amount of carbs. Yeah. I mean, cutting those out and increasing the fat is kind of... Yeah, and see if we can get that see what kind of reaction. I know both of us are trying to increase our strength, so that's going to play a part into it. So. Which they say it takes about three weeks or so, three to four weeks. I mean, it depends on what you're eating. Some say 21 days, some say 30 days to, for your body to fully adapt to and accept the new diet, in a sense. So you can't really cheat for the first one because your body's still adapting to the low-carb, high-fat intake. So it's, we'll see. We'll see with some some boot swings, some <laughs> blood sugar spikes, some, see what happens, some bloating maybe. I don't know. All sorts of fun stuff when you start messing with your diet. Yeah, it won't be that bad. I'm just shitting like three times a day anyway, so... Boom. Healthy yeah. pooper right here. Yeah, as long as they stay solid, I'll be happy. And we just went for a full circle. I don't know why I struggled that word right there, but full circle. Before we started this conversation, we uh, decided to record the podcast. You said, let's do poop talk. Yeah, you said food talk. No, you said poop talk. I did say poop talk. Save yeah. that for another time. We'll bust out the book. The book called the book. <laughs> we gotta wait till we Canadian mispronunciation in a book. <laughs> we'll take out the book. This is everybody poops. We gotta wait till we get the we'll get some whiskey in us before we get started having poop talks. <laughs> you guys didn't think your bowel movements would be so important to us, did you? Dive right in. That sounds bad. Uh, I'm about to Anything else on the diet part? What about setting a goal? Without using any one of these special diets, how do you set your goal? Or how do you, like if you're just just starting out, how should we? How should should you you approach your nutrition? How should you approach your nutrition? But if you want to look at it from a macro standpoint, and you're looking at your body weight, how do you divide up? What percentage is protein? What percentage is fats? What percentage is carbs? And just kind of, so you can get like a rough idea as to what you're intaking. Like, how do you approach that? Like, how do you take all that and just kind of put it, you know, make it happen? Just rough. I mean, for somebody starting out. Well, let's look at it this way. So, first is, like most people should be between, it's not gonna be a percentage. So break it down from your protein first, that's gonna be most important because if you start to just intake a higher amount of protein, your body will naturally start to kick and it will try and build some lean mass. And it does incredibly well in taking protein and creating what's a lot of it. It's not a very good food source um, for your body. I mean, fuel source essentially. Your body doesn't like to burn it. It's the process for it cost more than it really gets out. Um, and that's why it's, yeah, that's why it's one of the last things that happens when you go into a starvation mode is to actually start to burn your skeletal muscle. Right. Because it's so inefficient that your body doesn't like to do that. Because it takes so many calories yes. and so much energy to, to yes. digest it. Yes, when you start to look more into actual So, 
say you're trying to set up your, your diet for families. So body composition, I guess it's basically the first thing you start with is your protein. So basically you want to say about 0.8 to 1.0 grams per pound of body weight. Um, if you start with that, then Percentages because it's just kind of wonky. Um, and it's easier to do it this way because then it breaks you down a little bit better. So if you take in that 0.8 to 1.0 grams, then you have your fats will be the next one. So depending on the individual, um, some people try to stay on the lower end. Um, women usually put somewhere between like 75 to upwards of 100 grams of fat per day. typically 75 or 100 if you look at that many grams for fat then take the rest of your calories and go for um, carbohydrates and that's where you really kind of start to play around with um, it's tough to kind of see where you're at first um, the calculator I like to use is actually actually is the to perform calculator um, so if you search ETP calculator, you'll come to it. Um, you can put in your gender, your height, your weight, um, your age, set it for um, whatever your body weight is, like the, basically the grams that you want for your protein. Um, and then for the fats, I usually try and stay on that lower end. Um, but you can try and go to the higher end. And then most people are usually right around that moderate activity level that it has on there. And that'll set you on that lower end for the calories. You kind of have to play around and see what feels good for you. And it's not going to be perfect right out the gate. Because it's, I mean, it does get a good calculation. But everybody's right. a little bit different. But making small adjustments. As you go along, as, as yeah. so, so at first you can focus on your, your protein goal. So you set that and say, okay, well, I want to get, you know, weigh 180 pounds. I want to get a, uh, as close to 180 grams of protein in a day. And then as you get used to that, you realize, okay, well, that's what this looks like. So you get to the point where you don't have to count it anymore. You don't have to see, well, how many grams of protein is in you know, half a pound of ground turkey. Yeah. You know, you can just be like, well, I ate this, 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 and this. Why? Well, it should be pretty close. Or I should be there. Uh, let me just add this in, and then next thing you know, you're on the on the fats, and then you get an idea of what that looks like, and then you got to get an idea of what your carbs look like. It all gets easier. You don't have to get a scale out every day. You don't have to, you know, unless you're getting ready for a bodybuilding composition and you really want to focus in. I mean, you just kind of bodybuilding is totally a different um, animal, essentially in itself, especially because you get into kind of this. Um, dehydrated state is your goal before your competition. That way you look as vascular and as straight as possible. Right, but um, basically what we're so saying is you don't have to hit like, I need 3,542 calories every day. I need 173 You will not be fats. spot on, okay, it's not be spot on. It's a process, so first is always the focus of hitting that 0.8 to 1.0 on the, on the protein. I'd always focus on that first and then get in 
with healthy fats and as many fruits and veggies basically that you can throughout the day. So kind of use some whole wheat, whole grains, um, and then fruits and veggies along the way throughout your day to kind of keep you full. Because as long as you're focusing on those things, usually you'll fall into place pretty well. Um, then you can get into tracking isn't a bad idea to begin with to try and get used to what it looks like to have your amount of food so starting with the protein focus on that fill it with as healthy of foods as you possibly can right nobody's perfect i'm not perfect plus i have a sweet tooth so i'll make candies <laughs> we don't admit that though and i'm a fan of burgers um then i would focus on your fats and actually getting those in because there are a need for fats in your diet. Um, your body uses them for certain processes in your body. Why so, should people not be afraid of taking in fats? Because fats do not make you fat. No, fats do not make you fat. Um, the giant surplus of calories make you fat because your body takes that in and starts to store that as fat. And then, I mean, there's also the explanation before. If you already have excessive uh, fat content, it's easier for you to put that back on, so that's why you see people who are on fat diets when they springboard back. Yeah, they're like, oh, I lost such and such weight, and now I gained it all back, and then some. It's because your body has a memory. It does. It created a habit over X amount of months or years that you were basically eating unhealthy, and you know, you eat healthy for three to six months, and then you stop eating healthy. What does it do? goes right back to what it knows. Yeah. And, I mean, you hear a big emphasis on things like fish oils. There are omegas. Yes. So you have these fats. So you have omega-3s, which are um, anti-inflammatory. You have omega-6s, which are inflammatory. The yin-yang of fish oils. You want about a 2 to 1 ratio of omega-3s to omega-6s. So you do want that kind of fat. Um, you get benefits from things like olive oils, um, more so than like butter. Because um, you have saturated and unsaturated trans fats you want to avoid all possible. Your body does not like to process those, um, and it doesn't do very well. But you have different molecular structures from saturated and unsaturated, and your body uses those differently. Saturated um, are much better. Anything that's basically, if you have a fat that's liquid at room temperature, like out of the oil. It's better to have. Um, just be careful when cooking. But your body does need fat. Right. People think, oh no, I need to avoid fat because it'll make me fat. No, you just need to avoid calorically dense foods like Oreos and Twinkies and things like that. And having those consistently because of the fact that they tend to be higher in carbohydrates, which cause spikes in blood sugar, which creates a different hormonal effect than actually taking in a balanced diet. So it's good oil to cook with, though, is coconut. Coconut oil is very good for health. And yes, it's a big fad with a lot of people to use coconut oil on all things. You don't have to just coconut oil. Don't go out and buy a jelly tub and think, oh my god, I need to have all this. Variety is also nice. So Correct. buy a thing of coconut oil and use it. I use it in my coffee. Huh? I use it in my coffee. Oh yeah, the bulletproof coffee? Yep, bulletproof coffee. Butter and coconut oil. Just a yeah, tablespoon of coconut oil and a, a teaspoon or a tablespoon of butter. Grass fed butter. 
Yeah, but what do they what do they cut up into? They got the lines on them. I'll show you how. Did a tablespoon? I don't know, but either way, just a little chunk of butter. Half or a full tablespoon, that's it. So it is a tablespoon. That is one. Looking for the measurement. One line that's on the yeah. actual package of round of butter is what tablespoon is. Yeah, that's what I do. Usually an eight will stick or something like that. Yeah. Yep. So I do that. I uh, throw that in my coffee right after it's brewed. I actually do it in a blender bottle. Well, I just kind of shake that up and drink it. Boom. Talk for today on uh, nutrition. Uh, just give you guys kind of an overview and strike your mind. And we look forward to getting some questions for you guys. We'll mourn and death on every other one as we go along because we're going to play around with some stuff. And then, of course, we also like to answer your questions. So. I'm sure there'll be more podcasts. I mean, we'll be uh, we'll be updating you as we go along with this uh, antibiotic fasting diet. Yeah, we're going to give you our take on it compared to what we if you have any questions, sorry, I didn't mean catch up. If you have any questions about uh, dieting, uh, team training, at trainingathletics.com, go ahead and send it to us. We'll we'll hook you up, get you either a podcast or an article on it. You know, something you can do, or probably just respond to it. Uh, but also check out the newsletter while you're there. Uh, sign up is at the bottom of the screen. Uh, yeah. Anything else we got? Keep an eye out for the training that we got coming up. We're doing yeah. it right now, throwing it all together. Yep, it's a big writing process. We just make sure we have stuff. Um, we want to make it, you know, as involved as possible for you guys. We want to just send you the strength stuff. We want to build people as better, better humans. Um, yep. So, tweaking it, getting it right, trying to throw in some, some extra goodies for you. Everybody loves goodies. (laughs) And as always, guys, uh, live, live, love.